Welcome to Worlds Collide, the wrestling card podcast for wrestling fans by wrestling fans, featuring Tony Bella from WrestlingTradingCards.com. This is like a, a stock market. Like- and Zan Morning from Wrestling With Cards on YouTube. And I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer, I'm just posing the question. Join them as they navigate the world of wrestling cards, helping you build a bigger and better collection and making some money along the way. What's up, wrestling fans? Worlds Collide, back again for another roundtable. Everybody loves these roundtable episodes. Tony, how you doing? Doing great, man. How about you? Fantastic. Even better now that we've got two guests that, you know, we were talking about one of these guys being legendary, even more legendary than us. And he disagreed with us and said we were legendary. And now we're having a legendary debate. But we're going to make him wait for one moment. Turn it over to our first guest. Houston, what's up? Hey, how are y'all doing? Doing great. Uh, thanks for coming on the show and let everybody know real quick who you are and what you do. Uh, my name is Houston. Uh, I started the Chase in the Graph uh, Facebook and Twitter about two years ago. Just an idea I had. Wanted to show off my collection and, you know, maybe help people get in the collecting autographs that wanted to. And uh, it, it's transpired into way more than that. And here recently been doing a lot of uh, wrestling card and independent wrestling interviews so it's, it's really going in a good direction yeah that's where I first started picking up your stuff was interviewing the indie guys and uh, just int- it's always interesting to get their perspective on things so I, lo- I love what you're doing love the content you know any the more wrestling card content we can have the better that's you know that's the only way we're going to grow the hobby speaking of that the other legendary guy we've been talking about <laughs> somebody who has a platform that isn't afraid to talk about wrestling cards Sports card therapist, Rob Gerard. What's up? Hey guys, how you doing? Thank you very much for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I'm a big fan of the world's collide podcast. So thank you. Go ahead and let everybody know about the sports card therapist podcast, what you do and you know, how long you've been in wrestling cards just real quick. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, my name is Rob Gerard. I'm a, uh, I'm a licensed therapist by day trade. So that's my day job. So, um, last year I started up the podcast sports card therapist because it's just really, you know, links my two passions together, which are sports cards and, and, and my work that I do with, you know, kind of helping others. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's about it. The podcast has been going great. I've been able to meet some incredible people like you guys, um, been into wrestling and wrestling cards ever since I could remember, you know, I mean, I could remember as early as I can remember at four or five years old being, uh, going to see the live events, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan, honky tonk, man, Jake, the snake Roberts, uh, you know, that, that mid eighties stuff. That and golden ba- era. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All I'm you based- young and young and young and all you youngins, <laughs> I tell you, I'm based out of Connecticut. So, you know, um, you know, I half hour from to Stanford to the WWF now WWE headquarters. So it's pretty cool. All right, well, let's go ahead and jump into these questions. As always, we turn it over to the guests first. Everybody listening, you know the drill. Somebody asks a question, we make it around the table, and then we just keep it going, have a great discussion. And hopefully, whatever we're talking about today is going to help you guys learn something, maybe steer a different direction the way you collect, buy, sell, anything. So, Houston, you're up first. All right, sweet. Yeah, uh, my question kind of, you know, is a personal one that I had because um, – I've only been into wrestling cards for three, maybe four months now. So I still have a long road ahead. A oh, long newbie, way to go. a newbie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um, 
I see a lot of debate among certain things. And my one question is if you could get just one piece of advice to a person who is thinking about making that switch from sports cards to wrestling cards, you know, wholeheartedly or just part-time, what would that, what would that one advice be? Wrestlingtradingcards.com. <laughs> <laughs> I can roll with that. Actually, yeah, education. Tony, do you want to start off with that? Yeah, educate. That's my number one thing always has been for me as a wrestling card collector, having collected wrestling cards now for well over 30 years. Um, I just say that it's always important to do your homework, uh, especially today's day and age with technology. Now we have a lot of uh, fake stuff out there. We have a lot of unlicensed type stuff out there. Um, it, it's just you stumble across something, it's important to go out there and find out what did I just get in my hands? Do I have something great? Do I have something not so good? What's going on? And so that's kind of what the foundation of WTC was always about was to educate myself because I had no information out there to get it. So I was gathering and archiving this information myself, but also to educate others of like, hey, look what I found from Germany. Hey, look what I found from, you know, Canada um, and just uh, start archiving that. And I'm still learning that stuff today. I mean, Every day that I'm updating, I'm adding new things like, I didn't know this 20 years ago. I didn't know this five years ago. And it just helps the, uh, the hobby as a whole. So education, 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 do your homework. Rob, what do you think? Yeah. And, and I, I think when, great question, I think when it comes to cards for me, whether if it's sports cards, or I, and I, I, I link wrestling cards in with sports cards, right? Sure. Wrestling's a sport to me. Um, so when it comes to any kind of cards, me, I always like to go with the goats. Um, you know, I know that for me, goats at least are a safe investment. I know that my money is at least probably safe there. And when it comes to the goats, those are usually my favorite. So if the floor fell out from under me, chances are, um, I wouldn't lose, or I, I, I wouldn't mind if I lost money. So, you know, I know when I first started, especially really going into wrestling cards, I started with, um, you know, the small things, like I started with, you know, started with like the Hogan 85, you know, and oh, then small I'm like, things. Hogan 85, small <laughs> things. Oh, Jesus. Well, well, no, well, I mean, you know, I mean, you could get it raw on eBay for 40 bucks. Right. So, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, that's true. I see what so, you're saying. Yeah. So then, then I'm like, okay, let me grab the yellow. Let me grab card number one. That's great. Then before you know it, I'm jumping up to this. So I'm jumping up to 82 wrestling all-stars. Then before you know it, I'm jumping up to these and I'm yeah. like, oh, now I need these. Now I need, you know, the, so, so I'm jumping up to, and, and yes, I'm trying to flex a little bit. I'm yeah. sorry. Um, By all means. It's all good. <laughs> but, but I don't have you know, my cards to flex anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I go from getting the, the mainstream stuff to maybe the more high-end stuff to now the more obscure stuff. So the more I learned the market, that's when I decided to jump in. And one thing that I think I try not to give advice in my, either in my life or in the hobby, I try not to give advice. I just give my experience. My experience has been, I never try to purchase a card that I can't afford. If something is above yeah. my budget, I, I don't do that because I never want to have to play catch up. Don't get me wrong. I move money around all day when it comes to cards, but I try not to ever live beyond my means when it comes to cards, because I don't want to, I don't want the hobby to leave a bad taste in my mouth. And I don't right. want I don't want my wife to be on me about the hobby. You know what I mean? <laughs> the real reason. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
the one thing I would start with, and it's probably contradicting to what many uh, like hobby talking heads want to tell you, not so much in wrestling. We've been doing this forever, but outside of wrestling, collect what you like, collect what you love is not really the thing. It's, you know, collect what's going to make you money or buy what's going to 10x in X amount of years, you know? The, the thing with the wrestling, it's kind of, Rob, it's kind of like what you said, like you collect the goats because if the floor falls out, you don't care because you like them. And that's kind of what I would have to say to anybody that's getting into wrestling cards is start with whatever you like the most. And what I mean by that is, you know, what are you tied to? What are you connected to? Is it a certain talent? Is it an organization? You know, we've got guys out there that are going nuts for these indie cards right now. Me and Tony have talked, actually, the episode dropped today about indie cards and like we're both interested in them but we don't really collect them because it's not really our thing um i think you know we're probably more on the same page as rob as far as like I mean, high-end goats stuff rare comes obscure. in my lap every once in a while but i mean yeah same <laughs> yes yeah, so you get stuff in trades or a, a yeah. deal you can't pass up but um you know when i i'm i there's two things that actually let's say three things that i like in wrestling i like the goats so that could be rookie cards autograph shiny stuff whatever i just you know I, I, lo I love who doesn't love Hogan, Flair, The Rock, Austin, you know, those guys, most people love them. The other thing that I like is the All-Stars because it's just such a unique set. And there's so many talents that are from WWF, from Memphis, from World Class, from AWA, from Portland Wrestling, you know, from uh, NWA, Georgia, like all that stuff. It, it, it's one of the few times where wrestling organizations are all in the same set like that just never really happened again so that's a cool thing and then of course killer cross carrying cross uh i was like i need something that's modern to connect to and what started out as what i wanted to do like a test for prospecting for wrestling which ended up not working out but before it didn't work out i just found myself immersed in the act of collecting this guy and it's been the most fun i've ever had in the hobby it's costs a whole lot less and it's one of those things where like, I'm pretty much at this point, like the number one collector of his cards. So it's something that's fun. It doesn't cost that much. And it's something I could do on the side when, you know, I'm waiting for PSA to open to dump cards into there or something. It's just, it's an extra fun thing. So I think a lot of people maybe, you know, I'm seeing it with AEW. They want to come into AEW and they're like, you know, I like MJF or I like Cody or whoever they're going after. And they want their cards. And I think that's a good place to start. Go after who you like, no matter what set it's in, no matter how much it costs. If it's a dollar card, cool. If you want to super collect somebody, that's a great way to, Tony, you can vouch for that. And I just think that's where you need to start is start where you like. And then you can always veer off from there. You know, I started a Road Warriors PC and I've kind of, oh, I've kind of, really? yeah, I've kind of sold some stuff of it off though. Like I kept the big stuff that I wanted and then kind of moved the rest of it because I was like, you know what? The all-stars are really hitting me more. I need to get those signed. I need to get those graded. So I'm going to take the money that I was starting with Road Warriors and move it over to here. So it's, you know, you could, your, your collection's always going to evolve, but if you start by trying to chase the money first and foremost, it's not going to end up very well at all. Yeah. When I first met you, it was all about Road Warriors. Yes. When I first met you. So that was your whole your main PC was That's where it started. Yep. And uh, over the last, whatever, how long we've known each other now, about a year plus now it's been uh, it's evolved, you know? Yep. And because of you, because of your, your carrying, killing cross, whatever you want to call them uh, you know, that got me into doing like, you know what, I'm going to start something, connect with somebody new now too. So I'm going to do Dexter Loomis like that just for the hell of it. Like I've never watched the guy wrestle my life. And I'm like, okay, 
I'm just going to go ahead and start collecting because it's fun. And I'm having fun collecting it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's very low cost. Uh, it, I mean, it's not a big star. So just um, if something were to happen, I'm like, okay, well, I'm out a few bucks, but I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the process. Right. Rob, you can go next. Yeah. So great way to kick it off, uh, Houston. Definitely. Great <laughs> question, man. Um, I, I think my, so my question and this is something I really, for collectors, it might be a little bit taboo, but, and I'm a collector first. I don't look at cards as, as much of an investment. I'm a collector first, but I think my question is aside from the goats. So aside from, you know, Hogan, rock, flair, Austin, Cena, which eighties to two thousands wrestler, mainstream wrestler, do you guys think would probably be a decent investment so a guy that has some long-term collectability so not only performance in the ring but also that super likable factor hmm. well you didn't mention his name so can i throw out bret hart ah yeah bret hart would be a good one uh i'd either pick bret hart or i might even go with um maybe even a triple h and I think one that nobody really talks about, and I think they should be talking about more, especially for his age, Vince McMahon. Yeah. Oh, well, that one of one that sold <laughs> that, was it Drake's PC that yeah, ended Drake up? Yeah, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I feel like everyone in the wrestling card community was watching that auction. Yep. Did it go for seven grand, was it? No, uh, uh, 9,300. 9, yeah, it was just shy, just shy of 10 grand. Yeah. It's the Man. highest selling public ungraded wrestling card in history and when you think about i mean truly now i don't want to put him on too much of a platform but vince mcmahon is so iconic he's iconic almost in the kind of way that i mean beyond dana white but like almost in a way that like uh a bill gates or elon musk is right sure. am i, am I I've like, always i've always said he's the walt disney of pro wrestling i've said that there forever. you go yeah. i think that's a very good way to put it because people that may have never even watched wrestling before they know who Vince McMahon is. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Like he would be my, probably my, my number one guy from that era. You just, you know, outline eighties for two thousands like that. But I mean, Vince is Vince. I mean, that's people, I don't think it's talked about enough. And I think maybe that, that, uh, that raw card selling for almost 10 grand is probably a wake up call to a lot of wrestling card collectors. Like, Hey, maybe I should be looking at some Vince McMahon stuff if I wanted to start investing because I still think he's relatively cheap across the board. Well, he doesn't have really many autos out at all, right? No, doesn't have I mean, a lot I, of I, anything. Doesn't have a lot of yeah. anything. I mean, he has base cards, but there's not there's no memorabilia type stuff. He has very few autographs. I mean, I've I've got an old raw deal card that when I when I met him, I had him sign it for me. That was about it. But wow, um, uh, I just you know, there's not a whole lot of stuff out there that you can go out there and collect for him and. And it's all still, even though it's less, it still doesn't cost you anything hardly. I mean, not all of his cards are 10 grand. I mean, right now, Tony, you're Tony, you're the encyclopedia. What was the first (laughs) pack pulled? (laughs) Did did you know off the top of your head? What was the first pack pullable Vince McMahon card pack pullable Vince McMahon trading card period? Yeah, because he wasn't in 85, right? No, he wasn't in the 85 set. I mean, he's in he's in a. There's not a Vince McMahon himself card. It's a Vince McMahon with Hulk Hogan card that I think yeah. is from what the 80 it's 86 OPG 86 OPG, yeah. right? 
Yeah. So that's a packed pullable card. But if you want to talk about more mainstream, you know, you're looking at 98 classic superstars, probably. I mean, 98 superstars. And then you can start getting really weird with like the right around that same time frame uh action figure cards the card trivia yep. game card like you start you know and that's something that's yeah. wrestling's got that most other collectibles don't have is the oddball food releases game releases like yep. it's just so it's it's if you're looking at pack pull though pack pull is going to be uh 98 comic images superstars uh or you go to that uh opg cart set too i mean obviously it right. came from a pack so Wow. So, I, I mean, I love those answers. Uh, and, and Bret Hart, doesn't he seem to always kind of find a way to keep his name on the tips of our tongues, whether if it's with like bashing Hulk Hogan, or yeah. if it's like just with, with these interviews, there's something so incredible. I mean, he was such, he was incredible in the ring, right? One of the best ring performers of all time. 100%. Um, but there was something just very cool like fonz like fonzie like about him but also kind of mysterious yeah yeah i don't, I don't know his, his interviews of the last decade plus just seem to like i don't know people like to compl- call him a whiner he is um such a purist of the industry i mean, you know it's like I, I i see both sides like that but he's a legend and i think it's somebody that you know, you look at uh, his cards, they get some decent value, especially that 87 tops yeah. get some decent value. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, it's already, you know, condition sensitive type of, you know, release. So it's going to be really hard to find something from him that's going to be in a high grade. Um, but, you know, it's it's Bret Hart. I mean, as these guys get older and start to unfortunately start to pass away. I think you're going to start seeing some more like everything else in life. Like, no, nah, I was like, Oh mm-hmm. my God, I, Michael Jackson, he passed away. I got to get all this stuff now. I mean, everything goes in value yeah. kind of thing, you know? And um, I think that's where it's going to take All on the flip side. I'm a, I'm a guy who thinks that like guys like Rick rude and Mr. Perfect don't get the love they deserve either. So you're yeah. probably right about that. You're probably right about that. Houston, do yeah. you want to give your thoughts for, I, I just thought of something I want to wrap up and explain, but I'll let you go ahead and go first. Uh, the first name that came to my mind was, was um, I know he's passed away, but that would be uh, Eddie Guerrero. And I know yep. he doesn't have a lot of stuff out there, but um, I see a ton of desire for anything of his from the, you know, WCW Nitro sets and stuff like that. And I think he was, he's just an absolute legend from one end to the other, pretty much, you know, all spectrums. And I think he was just a huge part of that era. Agreed. And, so, and Eddie Guerrero had some incredible like marathon matches, didn't he? Like over oh yeah. an hour. And just his battles with Rey Mysterio. And then when he transferred yeah. over to WWF and eventually became the world champion, which, you know, you went from a smaller cruiserweight to them being the world champion. It's, and, then, and then people are going back and getting his, what is it, 95 BBM when he was like Black Tiger or something like that. But is that his rookie card? Is it not? Like, here we go mm. again with that debate. But yeah. Um, and, and, and you have a talent that has like in today's age when you have a lot of talent signing d-a-r-r like, he has a beautiful signature so when you can find right. something like that it's just this that's, beautiful signature as an autograph collector seeing his you know his like wcw nitro autos and stuff like that yeah. i just like i just sit there and stare at him sometimes because the penmanship and you know the the care that went into it it just makes it you know 10 times better to me Right. And, and, and on a lazy day for an Eddie Guerrero autograph is just Eddie Guerrero. On, on a nice day, I'm also it's Eddie Guerrero, say like Latino Heat below it or something like that. Yeah. You know, cool yeah. inscription. As and, you and guys be, were, 
before before you wrap it up, Zan, I'm sorry. I just want to jump in and just to piggyback off the Brett the Hitman heart. I mean, and and he's obviously forever linked with the Montreal screw job. So sure. I so I think having with with uh you know Shawn Michaels. So I think that being said, and for everything that we said is 87 rookie cards seeming to like gain some traction over the last year or so yep. with yep. him, with him, with the interviews, with the Montreal screw job, with him just being an incredible in the ring performer. Um, I, I think Tony bring up a great point with him, maybe being one of those top guys that most just don't talk about. Not to mention, look at the card. Uh, you like, look at like when someone sees the 86 clear Jordan, they know what it is the design, the image. Oh, yeah. And in my opinion, that's what this Bret, Bret Hart card is. I think it's a great image. It's yeah. a snapshot in time of the, you know, heyday of 80s wrestling. It's got the red, white, and blue border. You can't beat that. It's and then amazing, I, the, amazing. the sticker, the sticker is even cooler because it's just the solid red with all those little WWF backgrounds, yep. like yeah. little logos in the back. I love it. So yeah, I'm, that's actually one thing I was going to mention, but what I wanted to wrap up with, and I'll try not to be too long-winded here, but it's just this weird thing I was thinking of as you guys were talking. Before, or earlier, I was watching a couple episodes of Ruthless Aggression. I don't know if you guys watched that or not the on the Peacock or WWE Network, but it's basically like a documentary of the Ruthless Aggression era after the Attitude Era. You know, mm. what was WWF going to do? Because all of their stars were kind of gone. And I think that's kind of where we're at with wrestling cards. Here's what I mean. We know Hogan. We know The Rock. And we know Vince and some of these other ancillary pieces. But why has Steve Austin, one of the biggest stars in wrestling history, not just gone crazy and overjumped some of these? What about Shawn Michaels? You guys mentioned Bret Hart. We mentioned Vince. Like, there's, we're at this point, Undertaker, Macho Man. Like, we're at this point where there's, like, so many of these names that aren't really going above one another, like what we see in sports or like what we see in Pokemon, where certain Pokemon are, you know, more sought after than another. So I don't know if there's, you know, maybe it's one of those things where everybody likes so many wrestlers that one can't get ahead of another one in popularity as far as the cards go. But, you know, everybody wants to talk about Macho Man, but it seems like people like his 94 action-packed auto, but not so many people talk about his rookie, where it's just the opposite with like Bret Hart, where people talk about that 87 tops, but they don't talk about some of his autographed stuff, even in the WCW. It's just an interesting kind of space we're in all the names that we mentioned could go above you know or to the same level of hogan and rock and all those guys it's just who's it going to be and that i don't know I, it could literally be all of those guys well and and i think just like with any sport like when you look at when you look at the nfl over the last 20 years peyton manning being one of the greatest all-time quarterbacks right it's like well how aren't his prices through the roof or even a little bit higher? It's like, well, because he's playing in Tom Brady's shadow. And why isn't the macho man just more collectible? Well, he was playing in Hulk Hogan's shadow. Right. You know, when you start looking at all these giants like Cena, The Rock, and, and you're saying Stone Cold. Stone Cold did have to, he kind of was in The Rock's shadow as much as they were like, you know, equals at times, right? At many times, they seem like, I, I think The Rock has just completely you know just grown in stature and legend since then whereas stone cold hasn't as much and the rock is just that much more collectible i think if we're talking about an investment standpoint right and another thing actually good point you brought up what what's going to appeal to the masses not the wrestling fans we you know we can talk about uh bret hart Shawn michaels rick rude was mentioned 
I'll just throw the road warriors out there, whatever. Like us, <laughs> us as wrestling fans, we can, we can, yeah, we can, we can, yeah, we can, he's, he's pumping them. He's pumping them. <laughs> well, we'll think about it. They're like the most dominating tag team, but no one talks about them. And the reason being is because Hogan rock flair, they're pop culture. Road warriors are not pop culture. Rick Rude, unfortunately, not pop culture, even though like his airbrush tights, I think should be pop culture. Oh yeah. But, without a doubt. Yeah. Custom tights. They, they kind of remind me of Tony's shirt right now, except. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I wore it special for tonight. So. <laughs> but it, it's, I, I, it's really tough to, to pick. Um, you know, did we mention did we mention Andre? Like, I think he's already at that goat level. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Well, so he's, if off, we're, he's off the list. You can't pick him right yeah, now. So <laughs> yeah, if we're, if, if, there you go. See, there you go. I think you got to look, if you're looking for that next thing, it's got to be somebody who's going to like transcend into pop culture and like, you know, who, who is it? Steve Austin, like he's been in movies and I still can't understand why, but maybe it's macho man. Like he did slim Jim. He's wrestled in every major company. Like I don't, it's very, very tough, but it's going to have to be somebody Rob, like you said, somebody that everybody recognizes like the rock and there's only a few of those guys despite a lot of the names we've mentioned so it'll but be interesting from, to see from that era though too so if we bring it bring it forward now to today's market and today's talent so that, is there somebody from today's talent and pool that could possibly be that level i'd have to say maybe a roman reigns possibly i mean he has the potential to maybe cross over into some tv movie type stuff it's getting in and out, it's getting out of that wrestling stigma a little yeah. bit mm-hmm. which is you know, as, as you guys, as you know, Zan, I, I work with Kurt, with Kurt Angle. So, right. and, and knowing that he goes out and tries to audition for movie parts and TV parts that it's, it's difficult because, you know, he has a stigma about him. He's a professional wrestler. Um, and that just, it, it seems to hurt some of these guys. So it's a, it's a huge hurdle to get over. So when a guy like the rock does it, I mean, name other guys who've done it, who've gotten over that hurdle of becoming in the, in the mainstream pop culture. There's not many. Hogan and Flair, that's it. That's all I can think of. And and Flair is not even on that level with with, uh, pop culture uh, of movies and TVs like like a rock is. He's just there because of the work he's uh, embodied in wrestling and transcended from that, you know. He has a huge following in hip-hop. Correct. Yeah, that's why. That's where it is. Yeah, it's he is just And Hogan is Hogan. He's like, you know, you can't say like, uh, you know, everybody knows who Babe Ruth is. Everybody knows who Michael Jordan is. And that's what he is to wrestling. Correct. Yep. And along those same lines, uh, you know, transcending the pop culture for wrestlers, like you were saying, you know, they have a stigma about them and they may have, you know, had a really like aggressive hill character or something like that. But in today's, like what we're at today is a lot of people dislike Cody Rhodes and have started disliking him because of his Rhodes to the top show that comes on TNT. And um, in the last probably three to four months, you know, he can't do anything in the world without getting booed. I mean, he could save a baby from a fire and he would still get booed. And when you see, uh, you know, people on social media talking, a lot of that is because of his roast to the top show. So I could see where it could, you know, possibly maybe hurt instead of help. But yeah, but same- isn't that like even getting any heat? Isn't that still, you know, you're still getting attention. So I mean, Definitely. attention still cross. You're still whether you're hated or you're liked. I mean, if you're hated but that much, you must be doing something right. <laughs> How many people hate Tom Brady and look at the price of his cards, Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's wow. I mean, I mean, it's different when you go from like a. I mean, there's Tom Brady and there's like people who who despise him for whatever reason they do, uh, but then you have a Michael Vick, and that's totally completely different, like that. Yeah. So we, we people despise him for something completely different. So, 
I mean, there's some certain guys in the industry, let's put it this way, like a Hogan, a Flair, they're bulletproof. Okay. These are, these are made men kind of type of thing. Do we condone their actions sometimes of uh, the things that you say? Absolutely not. I don't condone those actions. I don't condone the, uh, the words that they say. Like but they're, they've kind of proven themselves like, oh my God, that Dark Side of the Ring episode came out. Now Flair's going to be like, he's going to oh, get the tanks. Did nothing, <laughs> did nothing to his overall value. His prices nothing. went up on his cards. I, I was following it. And it, it I think, like I, think I watched that four times, I think. It was so, so there, good. There, there's just certain guys that are like that. Now, if something were to happen, does that mean that maybe Bret Hart doesn't get the love that he should be getting in the hobby because he's so outspoken about how he feels about certain people, certain eras, certain, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that's the case or not. Uh, is he not that much of a made man compared to the other guys? I don't know. I don't know. Before we uh, turn it over to you for your question, Tony, I want to circle back around to how you said like it's, it's the wrestling stigma. Isn't that kind of where we've been with wrestling cards to begin with? It's the all stigma. the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like nobody, uh, Rob, you can, I'm sure we'll get to this eventually. Some of the, you know, outside the wrestling bubble people that you've talked to that may show interest or disdain for wrestling cards, but you know, it's just been a uphill battle like the, for the, the whole way. If you're, you know, trying to get wrestling cards, maybe into the mainstream or get other people to collect them, not necessarily from the monetary standpoint, but just from, Hey, you know, these should be on the same level as, as I say all the time, Pokemon, F1, all that, like, why are wrestling cards not up there with those? But Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Tony, turn it over to you if you got any comments on that, but it's your, you're up. I'm up. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I'm, my question's more about selling. I'm assuming everybody here sells on eBay, correct? Uh-oh. Rob, you're, this is going to be your wheelhouse. Here we go. Okay. So, I mean, uh, I'm, with the new tax law that's gone into effect this year, um, shipping costs that are going up and up, uh, supplies cost money. So, yeah. I mean, those are increasing in, uh, in costs. Um, how do you evolve your business and selling to keep up with the continuous cost of doing said business? And, and what advice would you give someone who's just now getting into or maybe back into online selling? Wow, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Me, me myself, I was a power seller for a long time as, as a name, Vela Cards, for many, many years, uh, you know, with tens of thousands of feedback. And I just, I, I got out of it. I went and moved everything. I started specializing in a specific genre and specific type of card and moved it all and just made a, a website and didn't tell anybody I left eBay. And they just, they all found me there. Um, and, you know, I was losing about 20 to 24% in fees and, and, and costs and everything on my, on my eBay side. And then I ended up moving it to a website and I started moving about five, maybe 6% I'm losing it in, in, uh, in all my costs. But today now it's like, we're here, we are in 2022. Now we have this new tax law that goes into effect for everybody selling that, you know, whether it's a one $600 item or $601 items, you're getting taxed on all this stuff. And I just feel like I'm getting, I'm getting taxed on both ends. And it's like having a bad illness of throwing up and shit in the same end. And I just don't know what kind of advice, what, what do you, what do you, what do you suggest? 
Well, uh, Rob, I already, I already probably know what path you're going to go down. So I'm looking forward to hearing this because you're the king of, of moving stuff. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't know about that. I appreciate it. But, um, so I, I personally don't sell anything on eBay. I don't sell anything on eBay. I have, I've probably moved. I probably made three sales on eBay in the last year. And like the last one was because it was an accident. I forgot I had the card up still. <laughs> um, all of my deals, all of my transactions usually happen in the DMS on Instagram. They usually happen, um, in the DMS on Instagram and at shows. So setting up at shows has been absolutely my gateway to being able to really like level up. But I, I know that I'm also very blessed to be in the Northeast. I'm here in Connecticut where, where there's no shortage of shows and there's no shortage of, of what seem like big shows. You know, I'm, I'm uh, 45 minutes from New York city. I'm, I'm 45 minutes from Springfield, mass. I'm two hours from Boston kind of thing, you know? So there are shows all over the place and having a podcast, as I think you guys probably know, um, it's kind of like a hobby hack. You know, so it's a beautiful thing. You know, it's like I, I talk about um, how I'm moving a lot towards vintage cards. And all of a sudden, within the next week, I have a bunch of people DMing me being like, hey, I have these vintage cards. You know, would you be interested in them? And it's not that they're giving me like deals. You know, I'm not getting them for free, but they're at least coming to me. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, Instagram and then setting up at shows has been my absolute you know, wheelhouse for sure. But you're, but you're still generating revenue through sales. Those sales have to go through something, whether it be Zilla, PayPal, uh, all those companies now are all keeping track of these records yeah. coming through. Yeah. So it's like, how do you, how do you, how do you navigate to those waters to, to say, you know, still make it profitable for yourself? Yeah, that's a, and that's, I think the million dollar question, right? I, for me, um, if, if it doesn't make sense, then it doesn't make sense. So that just you know? go back to not being underwater on stuff like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then there's been some stuff where, where I've had to move, I've moved stuff at a loss just because I'm like, well, I'm not going to play the game of waiting for the market yeah, to go back same. up. So, you know, if I have a Hogan and I'm like, okay, I'm into it for $800, um, this person's willing to give me 500 for it. And you know what, maybe I will just move the Hogan, you know, and, and take the 500 cut my losses because there's really another card that I really feel confident yep. about that I can get for 500. And I feel confident enough in myself that I can make up that $300 that I just lost on something else, you know, the yeah, dollar, co dollar cost average, just keep things moving. I've always Absolutely. believed in moving dead inventory for something more positive. Yeah, yep. definitely. Houston, do you sell much? I don't even know if you sell very much. Yeah, I was going to say, I definitely, you know, when the question came up, I 100% thought I was going to be in the minority uh, because as of last night, my eBay, my eBay sales for the last like 90 days are five cards and I've probably sold eight cards on eBay. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, um, I don't like eBay in general and like I'll put a card up there just to see like, you know, at an insane, insanely high rate, just to kind of, you know, fish offers and see what happens. Um, and I don't want like a half a million dollar Jericho deal. 
<laughs> no, we're no, going no, back you're... on that you're talking you're still talking about the jericho <laughs> yeah. it's still up there still up there wow and so i don't like how they you know they don't really you know it's hard to get them to rule with the seller in a lot yeah. of cases so uh probably 95 to 99 percent of my sales i'd say come from twitter and i um would much rather list a card at $20 shipped on Twitter and sell it versus selling a card for $40 on eBay and then having $9 in fees taken out or whatever. And as far as the tax part of it goes, we actually had a uh, discussion last night or the night before in the uh, wrestling group chat I have on Twitter. And the research I done shows that this was from some personal like accountant in like Missouri somewhere. So I don't know how concrete it is, but according to them, the $600 uh, uh, tax 1099 comes into play on goods and service transactions only and not friends and families. Yeah, but you can only do so much friends and family before someone like PayPal goes, Hey, 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 you got too much of that going on. Exactly. And that's kind of where, you know, I've got an easy fix for that. Let's use every platform you can use crypto. Like there's so many ways to circumvent that. If you're trying to, I'm not advising to do that, but. (laughs) Yeah. And that's where, you know, I think people are going to have to really nail down what they want to sell versus what they maybe have like a, I'm definitely selling pile. Uh, Maybe I'll sell if I need to pile. And then uh, there's no way I'm selling this pile as opposed to, just throwing everything out into the universe for sale. That's kind of what I would do in that situation and maybe try to move some things, but also try to find that sweet spot of not getting shut down by PayPal or friends and families, but also kind of avoiding that, that tax. But I know, you know, you can sell one card and be well over that $600 threat. So I think it's going to take a lot of strategic uh, planning and, scheming on you know big sellers part rob i want to get your opinion on this because i think this is a good way to do it and that is trading talk about how many awesome trades you've been able to make and how you've gone from this card to this card to this card just from trading i know on Mm -hmm. the surface people online whether it's instagram or twitter they might not understand okay wait a minute i'm not seeing this per this person in person how can i trade or you know, how does trading online work? So I'm just gonna let you get give it the floor to you to talk about how you've leveled up just from trading. Yeah, no, I definitely appreciate that, man. Um, I think that's being able to trade too is a big part of how we can avoid moving a lot of cash as well, right? Because if if I know there's a really awesome thousand dollar card that I have, or if someone has a Hogan wrestling all-stars card and they're like, it's raw. I want 800 for it or whatever the current market rate is. Um, <clears throat> I don't always have 800 laying around, right? So what I like to do is have, be able to give at least some trades. So my thing is I love being able to trade up into cards. So I love being able to take a card, add a little bit of cash, And then that way I can make it up to that card that I want to. That's my way of trading up. And don't get me wrong. I've, I've traded down before. There's times where it's appropriate for me to trade down and whatnot, but very rarely have I ever made a trade of a card one-to-one and then that's it. 
you know, right. for, I feel like there's always someone getting a more valuable card. And then there's always someone that might be paying a bit of a premium. So if I'm trading up, I know I'm going to be paying somewhat of a premium. So basically what I've done is I always have updated pictures in my phone of like my current inventory. You know, I'll take like a picture of my six top cards that are the, in the hundred dollar range that I would move if an opportunity came. And then I'll take a picture of my top six cards that are maybe in the thousand dollar range that I'd be willing to move. And then that way I don't have to be home to take pictures for people. I can be at work and DM someone or they could DM me and I could be like, Hey, listen, I saw you. I literally do this on a daily basis. I'm like, Hey, I saw you just posted this $3,000 card. I'm really interested in it. I have a thousand cash. I'm going to, I'm going to text you over a pic, picture of like 12 different cards. See if you could make a deal work for, for us. So that way I can get your thousand dollar card. And then now they're really in the driver's seat and they're like, Oh, well, maybe I like that. What are the comps on that? What are the comps on that? And now I'm letting them play kind of deal maker. And then I can choose to refuse it or not. So right. it's a beautiful thing, you know, and, and I always realize that sometimes if I'm trading up, I do have to pay a premium. So if I'm, if I'm looking to get a thousand dollar card, I might have to give an $800 card and 400 cash. So I'm paying a $200 premium. Now I don't always have to do that luckily because you could, you know, lose a lot of money doing that. But the more I'm able to build these good, solid relationships with people, especially these higher end card accounts. Um, and I know there aren't a ton of higher end card accounts in the wrestling community, right? Because like really the high end cards, people hold on to if yep. someone gets yeah. like a, you know the five timers club gold rock or uh, vince mcmahon auto they're not holding they're holding on to that thing right. you know diamond hands if people have an 82 wrestling all-stars it's diamond hands they're not getting rid of those things but if there are the you know auto autos and and everyone has their own kind of life situations that happen so you never know who is willing to move a card that maybe three months ago they weren't willing to move right and i just want to give flowers to zan real quick you deserve your flowers on this man you did a podcast about a month ago an episode on your individual podcast and you talked about turning over your collection and 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 feeling like man i'm the carrying cross guy like what happens when you do get to that point where you're like i think i want to get rid of my cross cards i think i'm kind of over it but you feel like i'm known as that though yeah. I'm, I'm going to be losing my identity <laughs> if i get rid of my cards that was like a really awesome point that you had made so but you never know when so if i'm after carrying cross cards and i think that zan is not moving those cards i'm still going to let him know hey Every few months, hey, if you're ever interested in moving those, I might be interested. So it never hurts to slide into people's DMs because you never know what kind of day they're having, or you never know if they are ready to move from those cards. So good point. Great points. Um, I want like I networking. Let's start there, in my opinion. Rob, like you said, I have made through wrestling cards and you know, a little bit of the sports card guys, but um, mostly it's the wrestling card community. They like, it's the best community there is, you know, sure. We have ups and downs with certain segments or stuff that happens, but the fact that I've made so many relationships with people that it's like you said, you know, they'll reach out to me out of nowhere and say, Hey, I've got this. I want to sell it. 
I need some money for this. Uh, I'm getting out of the hobby. Here's my collection. Will you buy it? I buy a lot of people's collections, whether it's, you know, a couple of, you know, higher end slab cards all the way up to like monster boxes full of junk wax era, which I can still turn over and then put that into bigger cards, which then puts me into eBay. And I guess to answer Tony's main question is like, I just look at it as a cost of doing business. It sucks. It's more work, but I just, you know, I guess act accordingly. So raise my prices, uh, make sure that I'm reporting everything. I report everything on my taxes anyway, that I'm selling, whether it's on Mercari, whether I actually sold something through goods and services, whether it's friends and family, um, anything that's not a trade. If it's, if it's a cash deal, I have a spreadsheet and I just put that all in with my regular income at the end of the year. So I'm reporting that stuff anyway. But one thing that I think is a positive, and I'm, I'm not always a glass half full, but when I see a little bit of positivity, I'm going for it. One thing I think is going to happen is a lot of these people who don't have any kind of business sense and haven't been keeping track of their taxes, maybe they're going to get hit by the IRS with a huge letter or something because they've been selling all these high-end basketball and baseball and football cards. They have been tracking their tax information. They're going to jump off. What that's going to do is people like me who are just nose to the grindstone, it's going to open up even more business for us because all those people who don't want to play by the rules are going to get off the platform. And those of us who want to, you know, work our butts off on it, you know, slinging 99 cent cards and huge volume, we're going to be the ones benefiting from it. So in the long run, I view this actually as a positive. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Well said. Interesting. Speaking of positivity, I guess I'll ask my question. Positivity. What keeps you guys going every single day in the hobby? Um, you know, we've got breaking news coming out of Fanatics taking over tops. Uh, and then, you know, now WWE is going to be with Panini. So now is WWE back to where they started? We were so hyped that we were going to get WWE Prism. Now is Panini going to be going away? Are they going to be like the old tops where they're kind of irrelevant? You know, some people are, I'm priced out. I can't buy these new AEW boxes. I can't afford $200. What happened to my $20 hobby boxes I used to buy when I was 10 years? You know, there's just so much complaining within the hobby. And I like every day I wake up, if I'm looking at cards, if I'm buying, if I'm selling, if I'm, you know, congratulating somebody on getting a grail card that I see on Instagram or Twitter, like there's just so much awesome stuff going on that even if something sucks, there's so much more fun to be had. So I just want to hear your guys' opinion on what keeps you going in the hobby, no matter what that is. As the, uh, <laughs> the, the new guy to it, I'll, uh, I'll go first because I can definitely uh, answer that in two words. And the two words are what keeps me going is wrestling cards. <laughs> uh, from 2011, when I got into the hobby, you know, with the stick and ball sports up until, you know, four or five months ago, I never had a card, never owned a card. I'm a Texas Rangers fan. And I had so many cool cards of the Texas Rangers. And I was just like, oh man, that's a, you know, sweet card, you know, put it up on the shelf. So when people come over, they could see it and stuff like that. But in wrestling cards, I actually feel like I have something in. Yes. And, you know, even, with my MJF signed all-in card. And I, I just look at that card and I'm just like, man, like I love that card. And I just, and even though it's just, you know, to some people it's just a square piece of cardboard with somebody's face on it. When I look at that card, 
I'm just like, man, I actually have something like, and I never felt that way about the stick and ball sports. And so seeing other people on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram who are in the wrestling cards as well, whether it be, you know, uh, a flare, uh, flare rookie or, you know, just a Cody Rhodes signed card. When I see people post about these cards, you can just kind of feel it through the posts that they actually have something and they actually love what they have. And it's not that they just pulled a card that six million other people have and that you can go on, which uh, there's nothing, obviously, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with loving, you know, a $2 card or anything like that. But I just love what the wrestling card community has. And, you know, the biggest thing I see is obviously the debate on what's a rookie card and what's not. <laughs> Even that isn't nowhere near as bad of debate as why is Wonder Franco's cards way more extensive than like Willie Mays cards or something like that, you know? And so just wrestling cards are what keeps me going. And I just, I love everything about them. That's awesome. Yeah. I love hearing the stories about the card and I'm kind of with you. Like when it comes down to, you know, um, raising capital to buy something you want, I always am going to, all right, LeBron, you're out of here. Jordan, you're gone. <laughs> Brady, eh, you're probably gone too. All right, come on, Flair and Hogan. You know, that's, that's what it's, it's always that way. But because he keeps I, all those damn bills cards. <laughs> actually, those have been thinning out too. I've got, I've, I've got some pretty big ones I've kept and you know, those are, th those have a certain attachment to me. Like he said, I look at it and I'm like, man, this rules, but it's like, you know, a handful of cards. It's not just like an overwhelming quantity. So, but yeah, the attachment and stories behind cards, um, the, the stuff that I see from the wrestling card community, like, you know, you look at me, I'm in the background of the shot of this WrestleMania, you know, stuff like that. Like, I, I just think that stuff's amazing. And I don't really see that as much in sports cards. It's all like, you know, what's up, what's down, uh, you know, what controversy is here today. So it, it's, it, you know, that's one thing I like about the wrestling card community. Tony, you want to go? Oh, no, go right ahead, Mr. Sports Cards <laughs> Therapist. <laughs> Tony's debating whether he even wants to comment. <laughs> I am debating if I even want to comment, but no, I actually, I do have an answer, but go, go ahead, sir. So I, it sounds so cliche. It really does. But uh, the thing that truly keeps me going aside from the cardboard, because even the cardboard, I, th I feel like at times you can kind of get burnt out on. It's really a combination of the cardboard and then the people, you know, it's like my, my inner circle of people, you know, that we have, you know, whether if it's a group text going, um, you know, that we're just every single day. And I find myself almost more emotionally invested in what some of my closest friends are getting than what I'm yep. getting, you know, and I get, I, I genuinely get so happy when they get a big card. I'm like, yes, yes. I'm, I'm, yep. I'm going nuts for him. You know, I'm like, yes, that's awesome. You know? And uh, it's just, it's just a great time, you know? And it's like, I think, I feel like even though there's so many of us out there, there really are so few of us out there. When you think yeah. about, you know, like friends and family, I can only think of my really couple closest friends in the hobby that would even give a crap how obsessed I am with this hobby. And it's, it's, it's an obsession. I'm just like, every day I'm thinking about it every day. I'm on, I'm on eBay. I'm searching sites. I'm on Instagram. And there's only a couple people that you could talk to that 
truly can identify with it. So it's like when I feel like I'm getting burnt out in the cardboard, my circle's there. And when I feel like I'm getting burnt out in my circle, the cardboard's there. So Houston, I don't know if you were following it. Rob, I don't know if you were following it, but me and Tony were following it when we, there was like a it was like a race to see who could finish the WCW autograph sets. And like Jamie was chasing it and Wes was chasing it. And then who was going to uh. get it first and who was going to get one of the elusive. So, you know, even though I'm, I don't collect those, I think they're awesome. It's just, I've got other things I want. It was fun. Like you said, to see all of these cards, just getting, just pulling, you know, who's, who's going to get the complete set first as rare of those are. So yeah, I just, I love celebrating other people's collections and every time Tony posts something with Dexter Loomis, I'm like, yes. And everybody else is like, oh, that's a $2 card or that's, you know, nobody Dexter Loomis doesn't even wrestle. And I'm like, I don't care. Tony got another one. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, watching Wes and Jamie go at it was great. So like, to me, it reminded me like, it's like the wrestling trading card version of watching Sosa McGuire going at it. You know, it's just, yeah, it was, yeah. It that's so exactly much, what it was. It was so much fun to watch. And so, um, uh, I'm glad they both got that completed just like that. And and Jamie's on another fire now. So he's going for after all wrestling, you know, autograph cards that are on card, you know. So yeah. He's, he's, he's after nuts. the he's after the 2005 tops, you know, autograph set now of all those ones. And uh just beautiful watching his uh, stuff. So I, I I have fun watching people, you know, collect that stuff. But for me, on my answer, yes. um I know you're holding out, but <laughs> no for me it's mostly I've been, since, since I started doing the, my own podcast thing, you know, it's how you and I met Dan, um, you know, it's, it's kind of grown to the point now where I've kind of realized that, yeah, I have a PC, I collect Kurt Angle, I collect Dexter Luma stuff, but for me, and I've been saying this more and more lately on, on both our podcasts, individual ones and others, other places, um, I'm more interested in, and have gotten a big love of collecting information. And that's what WTC is really kind of getting really back into like the early days of like, this is my 20th anniversary this year of WTC this year will be the 20th anniversary. Wow. So December this year will be 20 years. And um, I'm like, probably more so than then where back then it was like, I can't find information. I'm going to build something. And I built a website, blah, blah, blah. And it was a fun adventure for that. I'm having more fun now because I have a small little PC. I don't have to worry about collecting so much stuff. I have the Chucksters of the world. I have the Pauls from the Price Guide. And I have Armands and other guys who submit information to me. Reliable source people. Um, I get I get a big thrill out of what keeps me going is is getting the information and finding new things to add to the website to get to make it more like this is the place to go to to get your information about wrestling cards. I've I've turned it a website into just being a checklist site with you know images are coming. To making it, I'm branding it. I'm branding WTC now. I'm, you know, you see a guy wearing your T-shirt on AEW. You know, uh, that was cool. That <laughs> was cool. Yeah, I, I was like, yeah. that's pretty cool. And like the whole time, I was like, look at, like, I know, I you showed it me 20 times already, honey. <laughs> Stop it. Like, it's so cool though. <laughs> now, just, do you um, know? Do you know who that guy is? I like, am. I'm gonna have him on as a guest. I know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, um, but it's just um, I, I'm so, I, I'm, I'm. I get burned out. And as I've talked to you before privately, Zan, I, I get uh, anxiety and I get overwhelmed with too much stuff. I'm, um, so when I go to my storage, it's really hard for me to go through and go, oh, I have this, I have this. <laughs> just leave it all. I don't care anymore. Just leave it all back. <laughs> just put it back in the storage unit. Uh, so like having you around, uh, you know, when we're doing like the storage unit, you know, sale that one night was, it made it easy for me. I had no sense of being overwhelmed at all, which was great. Um, so I guess I have that. 
which I make is positive is, you know, finding people like Zan and, and, and other people that I have connected with over this past year and a half that, uh, you know, make this hobby fun for me again for the first time in a long, long time. And I, I'm enjoying gathering information and just gathering and making WTC the best it can possibly be. You just brought up a good point that I want to ask everyone here because we all do it. We, Tony, you just mentioned something that's hobby related, but it's not cardboard, like Rob said. We all create content. How has content creation been something for you that's a hobby within a hobby? I like to say that on all the shows because that's kind of what it's become for me. Uh, like Tony said, it, you know, there time to time, it does get frustrating. I'm sure you guys have, you guys can relate to that. But at the same time, it's networking. It's it, it's a creative outlet for me sometimes. So uh, has that been a, you know, Brett McGrath hobby hack? Has this been a hobby hack for you guys and a hobby within a hobby? Yeah. And, you know, I was actually going to answer that's what my answer was going to be at first when you asked how do you keep from getting burnt out was was the the podcast and everything just keeps everything so fresh and incredible but in my head I was like I think most of the listeners probably don't have their own podcast so they probably can't identify with that yeah. so I probably won't say that but <clears throat> but yeah the the podcast has been the absolute most life-changing thing for me in terms of the hobby without a doubt with if it was not for the podcast i would not have met the people i've met and if it wasn't for the people i wouldn't have the collection i have that's just yep. you know it's that's what it comes down to i truly owe it all to i think my hard work and dedication to the podcast which then kind of turns into something else and and it's tough because i i think you guys can probably identify there is not a day that passes where the podcast is not on my mind, you know, whether if it's an upcoming topic, whether if it's how I thought yesterday's show really sucked and I probably shouldn't have even released it, you know, because I have people that message me now and they're like, yo, that guest you had on that guy sucked. Don't ever have that guy on again. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I kind of felt like that too. Like it's I'll probably say, me. It's probably when I was on your show, they're like, <laughs> Oh, the wrestling card guy, get him out of there. No, but I you agree. know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> there you go but you know it just um the having the podcast has been the trans it's been absolutely transformed me in this hobby so it's been great houston yeah it i can you know mine is a little bit more guest oriented and i right. do depend on the independent wrestlers to give me their time and and so it's a little bit harder to navigate but the independent wrestlers that I have had on, you know, some of them like uh, have been on, you know, like AEW Dark, but they do way more independent stuff. And most people wouldn't even probably know who they are unless they had been to a show they had been to all the way up into, you know, guys that are wrestling and doing absolutely like one of a kind stuff, but like EC3 and Strowman. But from those guys all the way down to the ones that, you know, nobody would know of unless they've been to a show, they have actually supported me in chasing the graph more than some of my own friends and family have. That's cool. Yeah. It's just so, um, I guess, humbling for me to, because I'm just appreciative that these guys are giving me, you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes of their time when they have so much other stuff going on. But just being on the receiving end of them being like, hey, I really appreciate you giving me a platform to tell my story. You know, no one's done that before. You know, if you want to come to a show that I'm at near you, just let me know and I'll leave you a comp ticket for you and your wife or 
I'm going to retweet this for you so my audience sees it. Or, you know, if you want this guest on your show, I can, you know, try to edge them your way. And it's just some of my own closest friends and family haven't done that. So that definitely gives me that drive. And just like that, you know, somebody that doesn't know me and has never met me in person wants me to succeed, then I really need to keep moving forward with this. Right. Wow. What a, I think we're going to end it there. What a great, what a great topic that was. Uh, thank you guys for coming on the show today. Um, hopefully there's a lot of information that we've talked about today that can help people just level up their collection, start their collection, get rid of those stick and ball cards and jump into the squared circle cards, whatever it is. I'm just hoping that, you know, people are grabbing some value from what we've all talked about today. So we'll start with you, Rob, let everybody know where they can find you and what you're up to. Yeah. I mean, sports card therapist, three words, all one word, however it is you do it. Um, <laughs> you can definitely find me. Um, and yeah, again, guys, thank you very much for having me on. This was great. This was a blast. Uh, any chance I can talk wrestling cards, I, I, I definitely jump at it. And you guys are are the best in the game at it. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Real quick, before we let Houston take this, anybody who hasn't listened to Rob's podcast, go check it out. And one thing I really want to stress is I get a lot of people complimenting me about my, you know, like I'll call them flips, but, you know, just taking, taking a monster box that was 10 or $15 at the LCS full of junk wax and turning that into an 82, 83 all-stars complete set. If you guys want more stuff on how to do that, listen to Rob's podcast because he has become legendary at doing this, especially <laughs> through trades. Like Appreciate it's amazing. It. Houston, it. you're up. Uh, chasing the graph on Twitter, got the red logo with the pin and uh, chasing the graph on Facebook. Only five followers away on Facebook from 1600. And um, I got an interview coming up with a gentleman named uh, J.R. Miller. He actually trained with Cody Rose and QT at the uh, Nightmare Factory. And he was on AEW uh, Dark Elevation two weeks ago. And he's actually going to be on AEW Dark twice coming up. So once he gets those two uh, shows out of the way, we're going we're gonna to rock out an interview and give him a platform to tell his story. Awesome. And I should have mentioned this earlier. Rob, Houston, all your guys' information will be in the show notes. If you guys need easy links to find their podcast and the YouTube channel, they will be below. Tony, you're up. Boy, I have nothing. <laughs> WTC, wrestling trading. Okay, I'll take it. WrestlingTradingCards.com, most reliable <laughs> source of wrestling cards the past 20 years. Everything is on there. Everything I have is on WrestlingTradingCards.com. So <laughs> every, every link to any type of social media uh, is on there. So um i'm just constantly plugging away at it i'm going through a little bit of a by the time we're recording this right now i'm going through a little bit of a again a little bit overwhelming it's like that been trying to tackle a couple of checklists that i'm trying to get, get going here and it's just um had a freak out last night and then uh try to get back to it this morning had a freak out again this morning about it I'm like it's a lot all right it's gotta it's gotta walk away so i you know i i'm just uh i'm a one-man operation on the back end handling all the back end stuff so at sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming doing that and then trying to get my booking business going and, you know, trying to get the store open here in, in Phoenix. It's just, um, sometimes I feel like I'm spreading myself too thin, but eventually I get myself it back happens. up and going, but you know, everything can be found on wrestlingtradingcards.com. And at Zan morning wrestling with cards on YouTube, wrestling with cards podcast, world's collide podcast. Obviously you guys are listening to this now, please subscribe, tell a friend about the show and leave us a review. If you dig this, share it with, Somebody that's collecting sports cards or a family member that thinks that 
you know, they may get some information out of this. Share it with a wrestling fan. I always say this. We've got to get more wrestling fans buying the trading cards. They're buying the action figures. They're buying the t-shirts. They got to start buying the cards. It's the only way we're going to grow well, look, this hobby. It's the best of both worlds, man. You can get figures with figures cards inside with of it. the cards. There you go. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you for listening. Rob Houston, thank you for coming on. We'll see you.